Oh yeah, Die in the Machine episode number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hope you're tuning in. Hope you're enjoying. We have a very, very special guest on today. I'm super excited for this one. Yes, this we is do. my good friend Ross Oberlin, everybody. Ross. What is up, guys? Dude. Welcome to the show, Ross. Thanks for coming, Ross, man. I like the intro. I I from from the first episode, I like that Dude, intro. Dude, yeah. thanks, yeah. man. I listen, I thought of this when I was on my honeymoon. Yeah, I that's thought, what you said on the first episode. I right? thought, yeah, I thought of that intro when I was laying in my bed in the honeymoon because it was like I couldn't adjust to the time there. And um, I just like, okay, well, how, what, what would a good intro song be? And I thought that up. I messaged him when I was in Taiwan on the train. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Now it's a reality. But hold on. Before we go any further, yeah, yeah, yeah. my main man, Ross Oberlin, personal trainer, owner, CEO <laughs> of RC Fitness in River Forest, right? Oak Park. In Oak Park. Oak Park. Oak in Oak Park. Park. And, uh, dude, this is special because you've had this gym now for how many years? A uh, little over two years now. Awesome. In this location, with this setup. So, so a we little, can talk through the steps. We'll yeah, go, we'll go. I, I want to hear about all the steps. So, a little bit of background, Ross. You and I, we worked together as personal trainers. Correct. When we were at Fitness Formula Club mm-hmm. and uh, clicked right away. Yeah, man. Clicked right away, man. We had a lot of things in common, a lot of interests, and uh, we hit it off. So, man... And I remember you talking to me about how, man, one day I'm going to open up my own gym. And I remember you showing me that picture of the rooster. Is that your emblem? Yeah, man. Yeah. Right? I remember you showing me the picture of the rooster and your tattoo on your chest, right? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> man. And I remember you telling me that I'm going to open up this gym one day. And, um, you know, we lost touch for a little while. Everyone's going their separate ways, which is super healthy, right? Yeah. And uh, you're doing your thing. And I see you on Facebook. You open up your gym and it's super inspiring. And when I thought about doing this podcast and I wrote down 20 people that I wanted to interview and have on, Ross Oberlin was on there. And um, it's ballsy. It's courageous. And I want people to hear your story. So talk to me a little bit about like how it went down, the idea behind it. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, So you know, it's funny, we were talking about in episode one, how you're on your honeymoon and, and part of the thought of this podcast kind of mm-hmm. came to be and the tattoo. Um, so I have a rooster on my chest and uh, the head of that rooster became the logo for the gym. I actually got this tattoo on my honeymoon. Oh, oh dude. Man, nice. Crazy. There's a little connection uh-huh. there. Yeah, Isn't that 100%. weird how sometimes that um, happens? I think, you know, and going back to that and just kind of in the moment thinking about with you doing this podcasting, I think there's there's something powerful about at least a good marriage that um, emboldens you in some ways, and and not to say like it was what I wait what I was waiting on or what I needed to make the moves to to open this gym and run it this way, but like marrying marrying my wife Michelle and and like forming that and having that foundation to to work from. Um, and I'll always, and I tell people this all the time was a huge factor. So when I talk to people about like the success of my gym and how we build it and how we got it here and everything like that, um, I can take you through the very like objective steps that I took and say like, this is what happened and this is where our money was at and blah, blah, blah. But the, like what having a partner in that for me did was was huge and i don't think it's what necessarily what everybody needs but i can tell you with without a doubt like without having that foundation to work from it was huge for me so like family life is huge for me um it works well in our value system it comes through in the identity of the gym especially now like everybody knows our daughter there so we have a we have a a daughter turns uh two in february lucy and uh you know she's at the gym a lot so people have seen her grow up and that's part of the gym and and when we thought about it from the beginning i mean that was always going to be part of it right like family absolutely was going to be part of it um people were going to know 100 percent. people were going to know my wife and so she's a big part of it um from the like structural standpoint of she 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 runs the books for the gym and everything like that cool to that person to talk about ideas with and when you're doubting yourself and you're feeling challenged that person to kind of buoy you up and your coach and pull you up. yeah your coach dude 100%. i call danielle my coach too sometimes yeah it's you know uh, it's 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 huge it's a it's a big factor in that um that's crazy man and your wife also has a full-time job as well right? yeah so yeah, she's yeah. doing all that stuff on top yeah. of a full-time job and probably not complaining a day in her no. life you know she's doing her thing no she's she's a champ yeah we you know the it's it's uh it's difficult so it's definitely a labor of love right because when you talk about a gym or, or just personal training of any kind 
um, you're working the hours that other people don't, right? So we have early morning hours. Uh, I'm out the door around 4.30 each morning because we've got a 5 a.m. session Monday through Friday. Uh, I wouldn't throw all those up there if there weren't people coming to all of them. Absolutely. But, but 5 a.m. is such a big time to work it. out. Yeah. You know, it's a good, I mean, not everyone's a morning person, you know. But, but enough but, people are. Yeah, for sure. And if, you know, you're doing a busy day and you have a 9 to 5, you got to make sure that exercise is a priority in your life because yeah. I, too many times I see it just fall by the wayside in people. You know, they get so self-absorbed in their own, you know, their own uh, road and their struggles and all that. And they want what's cheap, what's convenient, what's easy when it comes to food. Uh, there's no exercise or some sort of physical activity yeah. going on at all. And then you just see it. They, their, their body and their health starts to go by the wayside as they get older and, you know, those the habits aren't built in. Dude, the unhealthier you are, as you get older, the higher risk you are for some major diseases yeah. down the line. And you're going to set yourself up for some hard times and your family up for some hard times. So that 5 a.m. time slot is perfect because you start your freaking day with some good people at an awesome gym. Yeah. And you're, you know, crushing it. And there's that family environment and that good culture. Dude, that's that's so awesome. I'm really, really proud of you. And I'm glad to hear you say oh, that. Thanks, man. I appreciate so, like, it. Talk about, like... The idea of start when you you know the idea of starting it is one thing, right? But then to actually say I'm gonna stop doing my job that I currently have to fund my existence and put everything on hold for a little bit and jump into this icy cold water in the deep end and start this thing from scratch. Talk about like what is that like? Yeah, it's you know, and and it took a long time to get there, and I was able to bounce ideas off of a lot of really smart people along the way, and, um, you know, I, some people said some stuff that was insightful, and I kind of thought to myself, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pull the trigger until I'm checking the boxes, whatever those people are talking about, so one example I'll give is, um, talking with my dad, uh, he said, it, your desire to leave your current job shouldn't be stronger than your desire to do the thing you're thinking about doing. And I thought that was good. You know, don't just bail out because you don't like what's going on here now, especially if you're going to make a move like this. So I had to take some of my time and really formulate a plan and have something that really, even though it was a big risk on paper, could look at least comparable to what I was doing now. Right. And, and so um, once that died down and that was explained, you were training clients Monday yeah, through right. Friday, yes. Saturday, Sunday, 5am to noon, probably a little bit of a break in the day. And then again, strong four to eight, nine o'clock probably. Yeah. So, right? so I was working at, at the time that I decided to go independent and start this path. I was working in the commercial gym model. So your basic Globo gym, people are paying for a membership. And then there's a handful of one-on-one -on -one personal trainers on staff. And I was one of them. And, uh, and that's where we knew each other at this, at, uh, at FFC and we're, we're there, I'm, I'm working and, um, to kind of sum that quote up of like, when you know better, you do better. And I was frustrated with some of the ways they were doing things, um, some of the ways they were doing business, the way people were being treated. Um, and this isn't to harp on this specifically, it's kind of the culture of, corporate gym models and and that's why I wanted to go to something that was away from it so as I uh, thought about it I started to feel like people deserve something better people deserve something more and I can't give it to them in this construct I, I tried some different ways and I and I didn't feel like it was being successful and I didn't feel like I could reach as many people as I wanted to and that was important here I wanted to make a career out of this but I wanted to have a, as much of a positive impact sure. as I possibly a bigger, could a bigger purpose 100 percent just to make money for a corporation that's yeah. making millions of dollars from other people and other locations and all yeah. that stuff so and I'm uh I'm in a group uh kind of professional gr development group called strength faction right now and I'm actually a mentor in it for a lot of other trainers right and the the trainers who are in the one-on-one -on -one model kind of see the glory of what it is to like be a business owner and it's because they're looking at successful examples of it because that's who's going to be in front of you right and so the ratios kind of get thrown off a little bit and so we, we talk with them like it's not bad to want to do that but you have to understand you're going to take a huge pay cut and and maybe almost pay yourself nothing for a while to make this work because you're you're coming in on the deep end and you're coming from a place of not many resources right um but having uh my wife michelle she had her full-time job that definitely helped support things um, we don't live very extravagantly anyway so we're in a good place um, but i essentially got to a point where i was just so fed up with 
with the lack of ability to do things the way I felt they have to be done to, to give people what they deserve, um, to give people the best training possible, the best experience possible, to uh, improve their life in ways outside of just their performances in the gym, right? And, and so if we can enhance and improve people's lives, whether that's just they physically feel better, everything that comes with that, um, but, but the mental aspect of that too, like I, I felt very limited and and at a certain point in time, I just kind of hit my breaking point and said, I got to do something. Now, the reason I moved to Oak Park in the first place was I was at a jujitsu gym and the culture was terrible. So I know a thing or two about bad gym culture. And it uh, it shut down. The top student there moved to Forest Park, John Tutai, Tutai BJJ. Got to give him a little love. Give him a little Forest shout Park. Out. Yeah, absolutely. And... So I was like, all right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a trainer and I gotta be close to the jujitsu gym so I can train jujitsu a ton. And that was in Forest Park. And so that's what brought me to Oak Park and it comes full circle because then um, we actually knocked out a wall in the back of the jujitsu gym and that's where I opened up my one on one studio. And um, you know, that's the thing about just knowing people and and being honest up front with people and I, I had helped out at the gym wherever I could and John held me in, in high regard and um, he was up for it and he's like, yeah, let's let's go for it. So I rented out this space. It was about 500 square feet, if that. And um, Fairly small if you're going to, I mean, if you're going to have a gym to work out. Yeah, in, right? oh, big time. Like, um, you know, ne- like you could only really do one-on-one there. So this right. was the first step is I left the model and I said, okay, I got to get out on my own and do my thing. And there were other kind of considerations to have there um but went out was was in this position um and was doing my thing and i could do it my way and uh, i could train people the way i wanted to train them and uh you know if i had a specific idea of how their session was going to go um it wasn't like a piece of equipment was taken by somebody who's like 20 more sets bro god damn this i'm gonna be done when you're done with your 20 sets like i don't have an hour with this person man so i was like all right i just need these pieces of equipment and nobody else is going to be on them because i'm just training these people one-on-one and that was what i thought was the most important thing at the time and we'll get into like it's about so much more than that right but at the time i was just just as happy as a pig in shit right like i'm I'm training people the way I want to. I've got an idea in my head. I write their training session up on a whiteboard, and I edit things if we need to alter them, but not because somebody's taken up equipment and I can't use it, right? So um, I train there, and I train people one-on-one, and I didn't do a lot of advertising. Um, Word of mouth kind of built us up, and we were kind of growing. I was kind of thinking about, I want to do something bigger. I want to impact more people. Can I uh, I pause you real quick? How... how, uh... Can I ask you how many people you took from FFC to come with you? Did a lot of people follow you? You know, did you feel like that was maybe a little unethical? Which you know, yeah, I can see that obviously. Yeah, what I what I did was I didn't ask anybody to come with. I I felt like I couldn't lie to them about what I was doing. Yeah. So I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to start this thing and, and Would love for you to join. Try me. it on my own. I didn't even say that. I just huh. said this is what I'm going to do. Um, uh, you know the there are some great trainers here and so if you'd like me to refer you to one of them um, i'm more than happy to and i've got some great recommendations and um joe you steve maylock like steve th- man. Uh, the man the I'm, man i love that guy he'll never Dude. hear this because he doesn't listen to podcasts I'm, so we got it we'll get it to him we'll get it to him yeah we'll get um, it to him. <laughs> love you steve. steve but you know i was like i've got these people i'll send you to them and uh for the most part across the board people were training with me for me. And, and so, uh, what I did was I just kind of backed off and if they wanted to contact me, they could, they had my number and information. So they hit me up. Um, so a handful of people came over, I'd already kind of thinned intentionally kind of thinned out my, my clientele at the time. And then we just started kind of asking people in the network outside of the gym, just friends and family they knew and people from the neighborhood, uh, started hearing about us. Um, and we didn't do any advertising. It was pretty much strictly word of mouth. We, we didn't even really ask people. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing, man. I just like, I got to do something better. I know, I had no clue what I was doing. (laughs) I just was like, I'm going to go all in on this. I'm going to go all in and I'm not going to waver because I know it's going to get bad and I've embraced that before I even took this step. And so when it gets really tight and really stressful, it will be tight and it will be stressful and 
that's fine, but I'm not going to waver. Like I know what I committed to. Um, and that was big because I had no clue what I was doing. You know what? People need to replay that a few times in yeah. their head because just right there, that right there scares the shit out of people. And the first setback, they quit. The yeah. first setback, they go back to what's comfortable. And that right there is what makes people afraid. But listen, everybody listening right now, if it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. And what the hell is life about if we can't challenge ourselves in positive ways? You know, and you're, what are you doing? You're, you're building something to share with other people, to get other people on the right track, to help them, right? So we're just basically promoting love into the world. Yeah. Get together with your friends, put together something, give it away, you know, obviously if you can make it lucrative one day and you can make a living off of it, that's freaking bonus. But like that should be what everyone is thriving for to live a life that's 100% happy and I mean that's that's a fucking myth what am I saying not 100% happy but like do something that you love doing every single day yeah that's and, hard and take yeah and that's challenging to you and take the good with the bad you know that I'm telling you is a very healthy way of living yeah right? I, I think you know the like do what makes you like don't do what makes you happy and this is like from a Charlie, the guy from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, he gave a graduation speech at some college. And it was fantastic. And the takeaway line is, don't do what makes you happy. Do what makes you great, right? Because, like, That's right. it's not all about warm fuzzies. Right. Like, the good things right. in my life are balanced out by the bad things that I've gone through and experienced yeah. and, and deal with, right? Like Absolutely. The yin it, and yang of life, man. 100%. We talk about that many yeah. times. If it's only happiness, it's not happy. You're, You're just, right. It's, it's monotone. And so, you know, yeah, you talk about taking a risk and going all in and to speak to a hesitancy to that. I think technology has done so many great things, but you know, there's definitely criticisms you can have for it. And one of it might be is it's easier to control a lot of things. And so we kind of try to impart that. And one example is um, a lot of people were baffled when my wife and I did not want to find out the sex of our kid before we had her. And everybody kept looking at us like, well, don't you want to know? And can't you want to find out? And what what they were insinuating was like that you can prepare in some sort of way if you figure out if it's a boy or girl. It's like, it's a baby, dude. Like, here's the thing. I don't want all blue shit or all pink shit. I want all neutral shit. So I'm not going to uh, have you know that before the baby shower anyway. So we can have a bunch of theme stuff that we can't use with a second kid if they're the opposite sex. But it wasn't really it, it was about people thinking they could prepare specifically for like a boy or a girl or some sort of health issue that the kid's going to have or whatever and obviously certain things are found out along the way if there's an issue there but the the general idea of like prepare, thinking you could prepare for that and we were like we're just preparing for a kid and it's almost better than I'm just preparing for a kid and not attaching anything else to it but we just had faith that it would be okay, and we had a beautiful baby girl, right? And and everything turned out fantastic. That's awesome. Everybody that's, wants to fucking implement their own opinion on shit. That's actually pretty smart, though. The whole neutral thing. Yeah, that's. If you want a practical reason that you got to give people, I mean, because that's kind of what we would say. Because we didn't want to, you know, that's that's the thing. Like I, Michelle and I live this very like directive life, like where we do what we intend with our life, and it makes us very happy. And and sometimes that doesn't fall into like what the momentum of culture might have you do. And so, when somebody asks us that question that we know found out, like, and it's not really a critique, but if I went into detail about like it's kind of egotistical to think that knowing the sex of your kid like you can prepare in some way no you can't you it's right. it's a baby and you're keeping them alive dude i think exactly. you what, what does it matter though it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> i think you persuaded me for when that time in my life comes yeah man like why why should i have to know there's nothing there's I mean, so there, little unknown it's anymore. just the anticipation a, of a, knowing what your kid's gonna be which pretty much is like I mean, yeah i guess you know if what you, i mean some people want to know just because they want to know since like, they were kids they're like oh i always wanted a boy or i always wanted a girl yeah but a baby's a baby you, yeah and like what are you gonna be like let down if it's like not you can't send home? it back man yeah yeah 100 <laughs> so i think you know and i don't know if you guys ever get this in your life but like where i won't tell the whole thing to somebody and it's not because i feel awkward or weird about it it's because like because i live this very intentional life like man if i tell this person this thing it's gonna make them feel shitty because it's gonna kind of shine a light on the fact that they're not really living that life do you ever get that you know what i'm working on that shit man <laughs> like i don't know and, and with my friends and i'm guilty of it man like we talk about life and ways to make each other happier and live a more positive life and sometimes when 
somebody's not doing something the way I think it should be done. Like I want to implement my bonehead ways <laughs> and it comes off as like really strong. And I, listen, I don't mean to like be disrespectful to anybody. It's just like coming from a place of love. Like I want my friends to live a happier, better life, you know? Yeah. And I want anyone close to me to live a happy awesome life you know because it's important and i know that you're gonna have the struggles and all that stuff but like if you're, at the end of the day you gotta be doing what you love to be doing and you know love your well the thing is because all of us we're all pretty much in different stages of our lives like in different situations yeah so it's like kind of hard to you know relate to each relate other to each other when yeah. you know i'm here you're there for example, Brandon or something like everybody's in a different state in their in their life. You know? I also think sometimes that can be some mental bullshit. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like oh, a yeah. lot of people, they I just, mean, yeah, but like, okay, excuses all over the place. Like, just do your thing, and you can't have any excuses. So, like you were saying, Ross, like you jumped in, right? You started yeah. this slowly, and now it's two years in. Talk talk to me a little bit about your present day. Talk to me a little yeah. bit about like what it's looking like now. So the success of RC Fitness. Yeah. So now uh, we went from a 500 square foot one on one studio in the back of a in the back of a jujitsu gym uh, to our own 2,500 square foot uh, facility. Uh, so it's pretty a, big. So it's a warehouse, and uh, we run a uh, so we're in Oak Park at a uh, 248 Madison Street, so near Madison and Ridgeland for those who are in the oak park area it's a hot place man it's a, it's a lot a, it's of people nice walking area. around yeah i was just at george's yeah getting like some, getting two weeks ago yeah. uh yeah i get the skillet every time it's <laughs> so good, good. Yeah. but anyway so you got a 2500 square foot yeah studio and so we run we do a little bit of one-on-one -on -one training uh but mostly we run a semi-private training model so what that means is uh people are operating kind of on a under a customized one-on-one -on -one training program but they're not being coached in a one-to-one -one ratio so if I was going to coach somebody, and we've both experienced it, so if I'm going to coach somebody one-on-one -on -one over the course of an hour, even if I'm giving them really high-level instruction, at some point in time when they're really competent with what they're doing, uh, because they shouldn't be doing things that they're struggling with the whole time, right? Part of their training session should be stuff they're really competent with. And during that time, when they're doing something really competently, we're going to talk about what's on the DVR what's going on, you know, what are you going to eat later or whatever, uh, what are you doing this weekend? And that's all good stuff. We, we obviously like relationships are the core of what we do. But during that time, I could be coaching somebody else if somebody needed coaching and instruction, ah. right? So what it looks like when it's in action is we've got the back warehouse space. So the, the front of the gym is a little um, my desk, a warm-up area, and uh, two locker rooms. And it's kind of like the front office, and that's the whole warehouse of the gym. And so we've got turf, rubber flooring, rowers, skiers, air bikes, uh, cable pulley systems, kettlebells, gymnastics rings, plyo boxes, barbells, hex bars, sleds, um, everything that I want. Like that it doesn't have everything that you would think of in gym. Functional stuff. fitness, man. Functional fitness. Sure. Um, I think, I that think people awesome. will probably kind of understand that. So if you look in there at any moment, you'll see up to five people with one coach running the session and those five people will all have a clipboard with their custom program written up on it and they're filling it out with a pen so the weights that they hit on everything and all that sort of stuff and it's all listed out and so everybody's doing something different right because it's customized programming so nobody and you're doing, doing all that yeah i'm doing all the programming and um and we'll get into that in a second as far as like moving tasks because we have an employee in the gym as well who's also a trainer that like we interned was a member and brought up um and so that's how the sessions run. So people sign up for monthly memberships that has them coming X times per week. And they come in, they grab their clip every time they come in, they, you know, go get set, warm up, they grab their clipboard with their session written down on it, they go into the room, and uh, myself or Coach Abby are waiting there, and we're going to run the session. And so we're just going to kind of work the room and coach people as needed, right? So a total new person might get 30 minutes of our time over the course of the hour um, if everybody else is pretty competent and, and knows what they're doing and maybe they're in week three so we run in each each training block is four weeks so somebody's in week three or four and they've been there for a long time they might be really dialed in with what they're doing and and so i can devote more time coaching that person but when they start their new month of programming they're going to be doing something new and challenging and so they're going to get my coaching time again so it's not like i've got a stopwatch working an even split the room kind of dictates it and everybody understands that that's an interesting concept i don't know that i've seen a fitness club with that type of concept i don't think i've it. heard of one either that's very interesting it i is. mean it feels like 
like that's that classroom environment in the weight room. Like I feel like I almost do the same thing and I have 35 to 45 kids in a weight room and we're doing like, it's basically group circuits, but I'm like overseeing everything. And most of the time it'll be like a group circuit. Other times it'll be indie time. So it'll be, you know, the workout of the day is this and half the room is hitting upper body, half the room is hitting lower body. And I'm kind of in, going in between calling out form, mm-hmm. correcting things. Um, you know, motivating them to push themselves a little bit more, see what they're made of, yeah. understand their body, like what exercises fatigue them or what weights, what exercises fatigue them at what repetition, you know, to understand what they can handle, what they can handle, what it feels like when their heart rate, you know, is through the roof versus sedentary, you know, mm-hmm. like this type of stuff. Kids need to get in tune with that type of stuff. People in general need to learn to get in tune with how their body feels. Um, and then that translates to how they feel mentally, right? Um, so super important. And I, I think it I, creates a lot more autonomy than a one-on-one setting. Right? It's an awesome, dude. That's an awesome concept, and I'm really proud of you. Thanks, and man. That sounds so awesome. I want to get in there. We oh, should yeah. check it out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Um, I'll uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get you in for for uh, for a training session. But uh, the uh, the the setup and you know the 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 kind of scalability of that like we happen to run it in a one to five ratio but you know you could this sort of thing could be executed in a one to three ratio and you could scale it all the way up to you running a weight room right like this this idea and and obviously you can get more dialed in specific with the smaller ratios um but with you right it's like if you've got obviously a little bit bigger yeah yeah but if you got a weight room right and you got you know the boys are deadlifting or whatever you've got some kids pulling on a barbell, the kids that aren't that great at that, maybe they're on a trap bar and the kids that are just learning it are on like a kettlebell or something, right? Yeah. And so, or even like a PVC. Pipe. Yeah. And you've just got it written on the sheet as deadlift five by five. Whatever, right, right. Right. But like they're doing their specific regression or progression of that exercise. Right. And you're taking it another level by monitoring <laughs> everything. Yeah. That's very you interesting, man. That for sure. Right. That's great. Um, but let's talk about the other side of the coin. So when it comes to fitness, man, exercise is huge. Mm-hmm. And to have somebody like you give them that direction, give them that instruction, coach them what exercises they should be, should, they should be doing, how much weight increasing or decreasing every week with the rep range, the set range, all that stuff. The other side of the coin is the nutrition. Mm-hmm. How dialed in do you get with their diet plans? Are you guys writing diets for them, or are you just kind of, you know, giving them tips and advice on things that they should be eating versus what they shouldn't be eating? Sure. So, a part of that is definitely education, and and I think there is a, a certain barrier that people have with just kind of knowing what is healthy because there's a lot of really strong marketing out there that of course is going to a lot of people are confused about what's yeah. healthy and what's not and i mean sometimes i can be and yeah. i'm in the field you know but i we we kind of play it around and so that I, i'm not discrediting the the education part of it because it is a big part of it but you know um to to kind of reference an example i use is if i put two plates in front of you and one has candy and pizza on it and the other has a grilled chicken breast and broccoli on it you're not confused about which one's healthier like it's very very clear to you the question is, how do I execute making that decision all the time to go there? And also, how can I dial this into my life to whatever level I'm comfortable where I sit somewhere on this sliding scale, right? And so how can I make my decisions trend more towards the grilled chicken and broccoli? And I mean, I wouldn't eat pizza and candy together, but like you can have pizza and candy at some point in time. You just got to find out what fits in there. And that's very challenging to find out, though. It's tough to find your balance, and one of the one of the things we'll talk about people when they come in is whatever somebody's goals are, we'll validate them. And so, one thing that I really dislike is when trainers um, are assholes. Are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, dude, okay. No FCCs. <laughs> okay. No apologies, okay. Okay, Ben. All right. When I do not like when trainers are dicks about um, somebody coming in and being like, "I want to get tone," and they're like. That's not a thing. Like, fuck you. Ask them what toned means to them because they're saying that word for a reason and it means something. So, like, find out what toned is, right? So, to to go back to, like, discussing this with somebody, when they talk about what they want and they want, like, this super-duper bikini body, like, even if it isn't – not unrealistic, but it's very, very difficult, I'm still going to validate what they're talking about right. and what they're saying in front of me. Right. But what they will always come back to us with over time is 
they realized to get there that they were just going to have to become this automaton and almost robotic in their nutrition. And that just wasn't working with them socially. They wanted to be able to go out with friends right. and enjoy a thing and, and have a drink at this time and do that thing. And I think that's really valid and enjoying your life is is more enjoyable. Now, everybody sits somewhere in that spectrum. For some people, it is going to that max, but everybody else sits somewhere in the middle and you got to find that balance of like what makes you you know, fulfilled. And, and that's a great word, like nourished or fulfilled with food. Cause that's more than just the caloric and right. nutritional content. Right. Like what makes you feel good? If I makes enjoy you, it, you know, the kinds of foods you like doing eating, right? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I doing. think the, the social and cultural part of food is a big, is a big thing. Sure. And so you gotta, you gotta toe that line and it's not easy, but I'll say that most people stop short of like becoming magazine cover model body because they're like, it's oh, fucking terrible. And so they go back to something that's reasonable, that's eating healthy most of the time. And when an opportunity comes up to have something that's quote unquote, not so healthy, they're intentional about it. And so they don't feel like a bad person for having a freaking cheeseburger when you plan on having a freaking cheeseburger. Right. All right. I'm going to ask both of you guys, how do you feel like when people are solely, solely basing everything on the scale on how much they weigh? Like, just because they're not at the number. Listen, man, it's a touchy thing because a lot of people get really sensitive of it. You know, but, a lot of people are so sensitive So I'm asking, is it, is it that important? For me, I've never, I don't care about the scale. I think it sometimes it's... I a, mean, to a point, but like... It it's a good guide. It shouldn't be everything, though. It's definitely not everything. Obviously, Ross, and tell me if you disagree or agree, you know, obviously your body fat percentage plays a gigantic role. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. And it, you can be a certain weight with a certain body fat percentage... You know, and you can be, you know, 20 pounds less or 20 yeah, but, pounds more, another body fat percentage, you know, I mean, it's all, yeah, but it all depends. Your typical, like, BMI, like, doing that on your own, that stuff's not really accurate. Those, I mean, it depends on which method you use. If you're doing a hydrostatic wing, that's probably no, I'm saying, the, that's yeah. the gold standard of but calculating your I'm body doing, fat. If you're calculating it on a computer, let's say height, weight, this and that. I don't know if those are accurate measures, man. How do you feel about those, Ross? Yeah, the, I mean, there's a lot of... I think there have been a lot of articles lately and a lot of talk about how like how scale weight isn't valid. And, and we and, and a lot of people come in thinking about their scale weight, like that's their thing, you know, yeah. they want to bring it down. So it's still, yeah. I'll, I'll acknowledge, it's still very uh, prevalent. But we, we kind of have to toe the line of like, if this person's been obsessing over the scale, then our priority is to get them away from it and not obsessing right. about it. And a great tool we can use there and what anybody could use is a much better guide than the scale is that pair of jeans that's just like a little too tight that you've been hanging on to because right. you're like hoping one day you'll fit back into them. <laughs> Once you fit back into those, that's when you know you're doing things right. You that's know, so call. and and that's what people discover on their own. We we're obviously aren't encouraging people to do this a lot, but that's it's valid enough. It's validating enough to them that they always will come back to us and be like, "I tried on this old pair of jeans and." oh my gosh, they fit. They haven't fit in forever and I could like comfortably put them on. We're like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. High five. Um, yeah, that is a huge thing. Well, that's man. what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's That I think is a better gauge, but I don't want to total, like, totally like invalidate the scale because it does, it is a, it no, is a number. It is a piece of yeah, information of um, and you know, it's there. But the when, if somebody comes in and they're real worked up on the scale, we'll, we'll just kind of joke with them. Like, unless you compete in a sport, which like, hands raised i do or did and and do like that has weight classes your scale weight shouldn't be the biggest thing to you so like right. if you're a weightlifter a wrestler um or competing in any sort of sport where there's weight classes or you're a jockey you know or something right like that matters right. and like it can be a secondary piece of info and i would say clothes and the the naked in the mirror test like when you get out of the shower and you look at your body does it look better than it did two months ago exactly that's probably my the optics bro yeah. that's what like, i tell everybody <laughs> well here's what we'll talk about with people just another conversation is like i'll tell them like if you get out of the shower and you're looking yourself up and down the mirror and you're like damn and then you get on the scale and the scale says you're 10 pounds heavier than that time when you thought you were fat do you give a shit what the scale says Fuck yeah but no. the problem with that though is some days like you see yourself differently and that's a psychological factor i don't know man. you know i think some days you see yourself differently than others don't but you think does like, that happen to you sometimes yeah for sure i mean after a night of drinking where like, <laughs> yeah. down and, like i you know it acted as a diuretic yeah but i look shredded as hell man <laughs> <laughs> Um, dude, I've always thought about it like, for example, when you look at like sports players or somebody, like somebody that's my height, right? I see and I see that they weigh 250 pounds where I weigh 215 pounds, but they look 10 times better than me because, you know, they're more muscular. 
they're playing sports, whatever. But they their still... genetics are completely different. Exactly. So that's why it's like, yeah, it's important, but to a point. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? You know what? Here, I'll give you my personal story. So, I don't know, man. So when I graduated high school, I was like 180 pounds, right? And then throughout the time from high school, I was a personal trainer starting in 2007, and I was just slowly kind of gaining weight from 2007 to 2000 and last year 2016 right like from high school from 180 i was at 180 then a year later like 195 a year later 205 a year after that you know 208 210 215 whatever so last year i was at like 216 just eating whatever i wanted and making that excuse like oh i work out every day i can just eat whatever the fuck i want (laughs) when i want how i want it no matter what and um I was like, yeah, I'm a personal trainer. I can do whatever the hell I want. And then I'm just kind of like doing the mirror test. Like, uh, am I as lean as I want to be? These pants seem kind of tight. I'm a little wider than I think I should be. Whatever. So like I started coming across the ketogenic diet. Have you heard anything Mm -hmm. about that? I'm aware of it. Um, And then I started reading about the anabolic diet. And then I started reading about intermittent fasting and all the benefits that those things provide. Um, And I started little by little working in those types of um, those techniques. So with the ketogenic diet, I started eating a lot more fat and slowly wearing down the carbohydrates throughout the day. You know, I would do 200 grams of carbs a day to start out with, and I would really monitor all the carbohydrates I had, going from fibrous green carbohydrates to potatoes to pasta to if I had any candy, cookies, whatever. You know, any sort of carb, and I'd monitor it. And then as I got better with it i would reduce the carb level every day and then i would get to a point where i would do just 120 to 150 grams of carbs a day and then i got to a point where now i'm at like 70 and i'm intermittent fasting and i went from january 2017 this year 225 225 pounds to intermittent fasting high fat diet low carb diet during the week carb load on the weekends that anabolic diet style and um I'm at like 195 pounds steady. Nice, man. You know what I mean? That's awesome. So like to that like the scale was a factor, right. right? I can see how much weight I was actually losing and then in the mirror too, like the body fat percentage obviously was going down cuz I started looking leaner. Yeah. Um I tell you what though. The longer you you're without carbs like that and you're not monitoring how much carbs you're really having in the weekend if you're not really spiking the carbs on the weekend to replenish the glycogen storages, like my workouts suffer, dude. Oh, sure. Like, I'm definitely not, I'm not nearly as strong. Like, today, uh, I did some deadlifts, you know what I'm saying? And I supersetted with... I've, uh, I've, uh, I've heard of that exercise. You know, you like I've heard of that. <laughs> Front squat, back squat. I've heard of those. Kettlebell too. swings. I've heard of that. Power clean press. I've heard of those. Step ups. <laughs> so, I, I did... So, yeah, that's familiar with it. So, my, my workout today was those exercises back to back to back to back to back. Straight through. Yeah. And then I didn't really rest much in between. And then I was going heavier every round. And I got to... 415 and i did it three times but usually i can do and i'm not i'm not trying to toot my own horn i'm not i'm just giving you an accent i'm just giving you an example here um usually i can do 495 like two to three times today i was doing 415 and it was just so you didn't eat I enough did, carbs over the weekend i feel like I, i'm not replenished as much and I, I get to 415 and i felt really tired after like three or four mm-hmm. you know what i mean Obviously, I'm doing more things after it, back to back, and it was not that much rest. Could it be just the day? Maybe. Maybe. Sometimes it happens. But then again, like, what are your goals at the end of the day? Like, is my goal to lift 600 pounds? Like, yeah, it's cool, whatever, but that's what my body could afford to do that day. You know, I'm comfortable with that, I guess. I'm comfortable with the way I'm looking and feeling. Like, I can go all day long mentally, and I don't ever feel that crash, man. I'm telling you. uh, My training partner... Greg DeClark is a chiropractor. Uh, you know, when you talk about a number, like, why 600? Like, if 600 is what you want. Like, why 600? Right, exactly. Like, oh, why? Because well, it's 600. Like, right. okay, but why? Like, Your ego is six, you. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that that can set you up, you know. That's most of the goals people are setting in the right. gym, especially when we're building a, a relationship with strength with people who have, like, never trained before. Right? Like, we're, like, one-third high-level athletes, and then we're two-thirds, like, adults. And a lot of these people have never exercised before they come in. And so, of course, we want them building that relationship and, and 
and falling in love with being strong. Yeah. Um, and so feeling good. Yeah. So when we like, when we'll have like when especially like when one of our women pulls like 225 for the first time, right. Or does a pull up or one of our guys pulls uh, 405, right. Four plates for the first time. Like, right. That's huge, yeah. man. That's, that's awesome. And so, yeah, people are going to hunt, hunt for those numbers and, and that's good. Um, but you also got to pick a, a trade-off. Like nobody's going to pay you to deadlift 600 pounds. Now, if <laughs> right. you, if, if, and like, if you want it and you know, it's worth it, like, yeah, you'll, you'll go for it. But it's, it's fun to always kind of play that game. Like, why am I hunting for this? Like, I don't know. Cause, that's, cause, Cause that means one more full plate on the barn. That's badass. Like, okay, <laughs> sure. I get it. Like, I totally get it. Yeah, but You the, start running more risks of injury. Exactly. The mm-hmm. more you do that without like a recovery week every six weeks or so, I think that's also important. Like, yeah, you have to, you got to have a recovery week where you're taking a week off the weights, you're doing yoga and stretching, which should be a regular thing anyways, mm-hmm. right. you know? Um, I don't know, man. Like, Dude, my my biggest point was just, you know, it's better to have a healthy mindset than a being a one like being at this number on the scale. Yeah, we you're right. We always we always talk with people, you know, with weight and with health and with any decision they make. Like, and so we do have athletes, right? So we do have a different conversation with our athletes that we don't know where their career could go. But if we're talking with an adult, like by the by the time you're 21 you know if somebody's going to pay you millions of dollars to do something athletic or not. And for most of us, it's a no. Right. And if that's the case, um, you can go for it and live a hard-charging life, and I, and I encourage you to. But you should also kind of ask questions of what would the 95-year-old me think about the decisions I'm making right now with lifting and everything. So when I do things in the gym, when I'm training, I get after it. I go hard, and I love it. And I, I do things outside of the gym that are hard-charging as well. Um, but I always do it through that lens of like, I want to be like able to play with my great grandkids if I'm lucky yeah. enough to live that yeah. long and have great grandkids. Like, I don't want to just have to sit and watch them play around. Like, I want to be on the floor with them. And so, you know, yeah, you got to play that longevity game in there with how your nutrition is, with how you take care of your body, with how you train, your um, sleep, your social no environments, yes. everything, like your work life balance. You know sleep what I'm saying? Siege, man. It's all a factor. It's a gigantic factor. Dude, let's talk a little bit about family life man you yeah. are a father for two years you just got married i just got married man congratulations thank you very much man um you know we think about I, i'm in the stage in my life where i'm thinking about that you know i don't know how long it's going to be until we have kids danielle and i are pretty set on the same page where we are we want to do our thing like i want to start this podcast she's got some endeavors she's thinking about doing awesome um we want to travel dude we want to go to sure. a bunch of places we're going to denver in november uh, we're planning a euro trip next year right we want to do a bunch of stuff right i want to get this thing going i want to work i want to whatever whatever it is so we're thinking about that um and it's an exciting time in your life and you have a two-year-old now so tell me what it's like being the man of the house the dad in the family, and then balancing this work where you're yeah. owning a gym and you're working long hours. Um, so, like, what's that like, man? Well, yeah, so the the time apart, I, and I alluded to it before, we as coaches and trainers, you kind of work hours that other people are off, right? So I'm, I'm out the door at 4.30 in the morning, um, and uh, during the middle of the day, I'm typically at the gym, but if I came home, my wife's at work anyway and my kid's at daycare, um, and the dog's usually going to be with me anyway. Um, the dog's are with then, you at the gym? Yeah, yeah, that's a nice bonus to owning your own um, you business. Can you can bring pets. your dog with you. That's <laughs> badass, man. It's, it's nice. Um, so, you know, and then she gets back, and I'm typically already back at the gym, and then I'll I'll get back late uh, in the evenings. And that was it for, for a long time. For the first year and a half of this gym in operation, it was just me coaching. So it was me the whole time, and I'm always uh, in the gym and involved. And so... And, and that was tough on us because we, we love the hell out of each other. We like being together physically. So, um, you know, it's awesome to be able to sleep in the same bed with, with her every night and just be close to her. But, um, yeah, you end up missing each other. And so I think it's important that you communicate well. Um, and we knew we both knew that was important. We're really good at communicating with each other. Um, we don't hold grudges. We don't uh, play games, any of that shit. We, we're very open with each other. Um, when we argue, beautiful. when we argue, um, when one of us realizes they're wrong, 
they're comfortable and safe admitting it right away because they know that the other person is not going to be an asshole about it. And that's big. And I think that's one of the things that destroys a lot of couples that we've just seen go down the drain is like the moment, like she has no need to lord it over me. I'm like, ah, she's right. Like, yeah, okay, I see. You know, and and I can totally relate 100%, man. That's big. It is huge. There's no, it's not worth fighting and extending a argument over nothing. Usually a lot of times it's an egotistical thing where you're not going to back, back down because mm-hmm. you want to stand strong. Or whatever. Win. But that's, I mean, that's not good. I've seen it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not it. good for anybody. And we're all guilty of it at times, yeah. but you yeah. just got to hang the white flag when you realize you fucked up, Yeah. you know, and you just got to be like, all right, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. And apologize, kiss each other, love each other. If mm-hmm. that's the real, if, the, mm-hmm. if there's real love there, then you will yeah you know and then move forward and yeah and that's, that's great to and hear that's that you big. guys are doing like that. the you know you're talking about like the love like like we love the hell out of each other but if you rely strictly on love like i don't think it's going to work i think you have to be dedicated to commitment commitment 100%. to each other love is not enough to get you through and i'm not saying that in like i don't love my wife i love the hell out of my wife but i'm not relying on love to be the only thing that keeps us together I'm, we're committed to a life together we're committed to this family that we're raising um we're you know we want to have many kids uh that's always been in our plans from from the beginning and then we're committed to this gym and this venture as well like this is this is her success as well right like yes she has another full-time job and yes i'm the face of this but none of this would happen without her she provides me with confidence i mean from the you know we were living off of her salary when we started this whole thing out and uh, she, shit, she holds it down at home, man. Like Dude, that's awesome. the kid with the dog, with keeping the house in order, um, and and puts me in a place to do this. But I don't mean like, yeah, it's my hustle and I do it. Like she's a part of it too. Like she's working hard at it. We're emailing back and forth throughout the day. We're talking, you know, um, about it at, and we're good at making like dedicated times where like we'll talk about work stuff and then and then it's off and it's like family time. You it's know? impressive. You should start a that side is, business so people can get help with that shit. You know, yeah, that is <laughs> teach them how to key, do that. Though. It's, you know, it's tough. And, and you know, it's funny. Go, I think that's the thing that people notice a lot. So the, to reference strength action again, that's probably what, what the, what the people in there kind of ask me about the most. Cause there's so many great coaches and trainers in there. So I'm just another person who can provide insight on coaching or training or programming or, or business or branding um but it's like the one thing that people kind of see is like man dude that's got like how do you manage this with like your wife being involved in the business and you guys like it seems like your relationship's great and it's like and it is and um so i'm always open with people about like this is how we do things and these are kind of some of the rules that we just naturally started following and then realized we were falling and those were the things those are the reasons that worked well it's kind of everything i just mentioned dude that's good man i want people to hear this people need to hear that I'm glad that I called you up here. I'm glad you came here and you shared your story with us. This is amazing. And, um, you know, I'm glad that you've built this business up. Man. I appreciate it, man. Thank and, you. Um, it's inspiring. It, it really is, dude. And um, It's very impressive. Uh, good luck in your future. And uh, if, if anyone wants to find you or join your gym or get a workout written from you, where can they find you? Yeah, so... Uh, you can go to our website, rc-fit.com, uh, and uh, there there's a Get Started tab. There's an info. You can contact us, so you can look through us through there. Um, we've got an Instagram page, rc underscore fit, and uh, we've got a Facebook page, rc training and fitness. So if you go through any of those, you can find us and uh, and check us out and kind of see how we're doing things. We're really open about it. We we represent ourselves very openly and clearly. And, and so when people come in, they know what we're about. They know what's important to us and what we value here. And it's, you know, the good experience having, um, having a positive effect on your life, not just in the gym, but outside of it, we want people's successes in the gym to go outside. And, um, that's, that's what we've been really good at. And that's a lot of what our success hinges on. So, uh, we'd love for you to come check us out if, uh, if you're into it. Dude, awesome, man. I, I want to come check it yeah. out. We no, should get a absolutely. workout in together. Absolutely. Like man. old times, dude. Yeah. Get, yoked. get gnarly on the sled and and bro out. We, 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 get some, <laughs> we, we do some bicep, tricep isolation action at, yeah. the, uh, at the end of session C. Uh, dude, I was just talking about how 
everyone loves doing bicep curls <laughs> yeah we were just talking about dude, that. everybody loves people know like bicep 50, 50 different bicep but dude they, you know if isn't people that a typical man thing the first thing they the gym chest like, and biceps, biceps, bro biceps. chest and biceps <laughs> i don't know much but i know this <laughs> dude if people put and we'll close with this if people put a little bit more energy into training their legs than they do their biceps and triceps yeah. then i think a lot more people uh, would be fit in this world <laughs> i think literally that's half your body how can you not? Oh, yeah. All the testosterone <laughs> that you're getting and the, yeah. like you when you rest up legs. after a, a crazy yeah. leg day. Yeah. Anyway, dude, Ross, I love you, man. Thanks Thank for coming you. out. No, I, I appreciate it. This I, this podcast is awesome. Your guy, like, it's 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 funny. It's, it's like, on point with what people want to hear. Like I said before, like, I laughed listening to one of the previous ones. Like, I felt like I was in the room with you guys, and it's, it's awesome. And I think this success dials into kind of what we do, which is like the, the thing that I talk about the most when people look at us. And to, so to anybody hearing this and, and feeling like that with my success, they're not successful. I heard it with somebody else. And this is the one important thing I wanted to say. And I, I realized that listening to this, I was listening to a podcast or an interview with another gym owner who I felt was more successful than me as far as his gym and the business success. And as I listened to him and I got to know him and I learned more about his life, I realized other parts of my life that are really fulfilled weren't in his life. And it clicked for me in that moment that you can't, I can't judge anybody else's success because success is truly built off of how close in line you live with your values. And so the way I'm living, perhaps if I made different decisions along the way, my gym could be bigger now and, and, and making more money, but it would have been in, at the expense of the relationship with my wife and my family. And so my value system dictated where I went. And so my value system, I judge my success off of that. And so nobody else should be comparing what their success is to me because undoubtedly your value system is different. Go get in tune with it live in line with that and you're going to be successful as shit i swear to god very, a, very well spoken amen amen ross that. that was beautiful we appreciate you coming on man it's oh, thanks inspiring guys. fantastic words. great story. i'm very i'm very honored i really appreciate you guys having me on it means a lot dude you're gonna be a regular you come on whenever you want thanks, this is man. awesome i will yeah share this on your website we'll share you know all your information on our website listen people find us on soundcloud find us on itunes find us on google play find us on youtube Donnie and the Machine. This is episode number nine with Ross Oberlin of ooh, RC Fitness. Ooh. Like us on Facebook. We're going to put Ross's link to his uh, gym website in the description. Check him out for sure. Love all of you. Check Thanks you for all listening. Out next time. Peace. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Nice. This is uh, some Asabri songs. Sabri the machine. Hundred days have made me older since the last time that I saw your pretty face. Thanks for doing this. That was a thousand lives have made me colder, and I don't think I can look at this the same. But all the miles that separate disappear now when I'm dreaming of your face. Only you and me